Welcome to the latest episode of the Two Brothers, One Dad, Dead podcast. Today we're going to talk about something that I know was really hard on both of us, um, really hard on everybody, uh, but I mean, hardest on you. Uh, you you've had a break with reality uh, and or was, or was hospitalized. Um, I mean, so what happened? I did have a break with reality. Um, it had been a really rough year for me. It was, this was back in 2013, and I was getting divorced, and I just wasn't taking it well at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of the year, the final straw that broke the camel's back in terms of our marriage was I got popped for a drug charge, mm-hmm. and my son was with me. Mm-hmm. which, you know, I wasn't happy about. And, um, you know, neither was she, obviously. Yeah. And so that precipitated our breakup. I mean, there had been other stuff going on before that, but that was like the main catalyst. And so, yeah, I had just, I was taking it really rough. And, um, you know, like you said, just the final weeks I got really delusional and um had a total break from reality and was admitted to a mental hospital for a week yeah i mean that was that was in aug and so you guys had been living in san francisco and then you moved to the city where her parents lived and i mean it was a year of a lot of changes how long had you guys been there before the the episode happened because i know it was you moved, and I think did you have your something happen with your job, mm-hmm. and like, can you just kind of like give me a little more context, a little more of the timeline, because it's important to know, right? Yeah. So, like you said, we moved back here um, around like the fall of 2011, mm-hmm. and we 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 moved to Mesa, which, like you said, is where her parents lived, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't super happy about it to begin with, but I did it. <clears throat> and, you know, she kind of made me agree that I did it. So, like, I kind of just put it on her. So, like, you know, it's my, I'm not just blaming anybody. Like, I agreed to this, you know. Right. And just, I wasn't happy. And then the next year, I lost my job, and it was a pretty decent job. And that just kind of moved things along further. Because Because you guys had to move back into her parents' house, right? Right. Right, which isn't an ideal situation. And I, we had a joint credit card, and I was, like, using it a lot on my own and not telling her about it, Mm -hmm. racking up a pretty decent bill. And so that was, like, the first big thing in our marriage. And do you mean decent, like a thousand bucks or decent, like in the tens of thousands? Like uh, two or three thousand, maybe. Okay. So not like an astronomical amount, but, you know, not nothing either. Right. 
Yeah. So, you know, from there on, things just got worse. And then, like I said, I got popped on a drug charge. Mm -hmm. And so I moved out of her parents' house into our aunt's house, mine and yours aunt's house. Right. And I just wasn't taking it well at all. Like, I didn't want to, like, admit what it was going on or admit that she would want to leave me. And I didn't deal with it well. Um, yeah. So then... Fast forwarding to August of that year, when I had the breakdown, I just became more and more delusional that like we were going to get back together and I would send her like bizarre random texts. Yeah. Um, and then it all culminated in that night. And when you moved back to Aunt Julie's house, um, I think that was dad there as well. Yeah, he was. And when you said just you said something about, you know, I didn't want this to happen and I wasn't taking it well because you were hoping or thinking there might be sort of reconciliation. I mean, I think like it's important to talk about how in your mind it was like, you know, in sickness and in health and no matter what happens, we stay married um, because, you know, you weren't abusive or anything. I mean, yes, there was tough times, but mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of important. Like you were like, no, I mean, you didn't want to get divorced basically, right? <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, no, I was very much of that mindset and kind of like in it for the long haul. And, you know, we had two pretty young kids then and I thought it was important to stay together for them too. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I didn't want to admit it. Even though it's funny, I did have moments of clarity, I guess you would call it, where like I kind of saw what was going on. Um, maybe not as the worst thing, but that wouldn't last long and I would just like snap back into into thinking we were going to stick it out. So that was the thing. I mean, you just literally could not give up the idea that, no, we are, I mean, even before, like, this, the, the break started happening, because it's not like it, like, one day, you're like, yeah, this sucks, I'm getting divorced, and the next day, you're like, no, we're getting together. I mean, that seed was kind of there the whole time of, like, no, come on. Like, it was almost like this can't be happening. This is not happening. No, like it may look Very like much it's happening, so. mm -hmm. but it's not. Right. Yeah, man. Um. So and it's because I didn't, you know, I knew you didn't want to get divorced. But whenever we talked, you know, after you'd moved out, moved in with Aunt Julie, like I got the impression like, no, man, I don't want a divorce. But I didn't get the impression that you thought, no, 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 it's all going to work out. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I yeah. think is why the break took me by that much more by surprise. Does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense. And I'm not even sure that I thought for sure it was going to work out. I think it was just at the very end of that period where my delusions became more and more intense that I, I know it's like really twisted and perverted, but I thought that like, it's going to sound weird to describe it. So, you know, just imagine how it felt living it. But I felt like at a certain point, my rambling texts to her and stuff, since a lot of them were ignored, I thought that that meant that I was like succeeding. Right. So, so I became more, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so I became more convinced that like we were going to get back together. Right. So what happened to turn it from 
like you know relatively normal like no this isn't really happening like I, um, I guess this is happening but i really don't want it to happen and no i you know what deep down in my soul i think we're going to get back together which is all pretty normal stuff i think and i think maybe what happens is then sometimes people have this moment where, where there's like a cold splash reality and they're like no this isn't happening and in your case, it was almost the opposite where something happened and you're like, oh, wait, yeah, no, this is happening for sure. I mean, was mm -hmm. there a kind of inciting incident when you went from kind of like deep in your heart hope, but still, you know, living in reality basically to like suddenly like your hopes and your daydreams, you're like, no, 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 that's reality. Like, did something mm -hmm. happen? Because I feel like it did. I, I don't remember though. Something did happen. Um, the one thing that I thought was like the biggest sign of this, it was like right around a week before the break. Yeah. And I was listening to a song and like the song just spoke to me. And it was about like this guy who wants to get back with the girl, but like society and the girl's parents are telling her no, that it's not right. And just in my life, like it me to me, like, you know, my wife at the time was that girl. And like, I was like, Oh yeah, this is like my life. Like she doesn't want this, but like her parents and like friends and stuff are telling her that she should because of everything that's gone on with us previously. So, and then it crystallized and I sent her that song and I didn't hear back. And again, it was just like, okay, yeah, she gets it. So from then it was like a week of like not sleeping much at night. Um, because I would become increasingly obsessed with this till finally right. I snapped. Right. Well, it's funny that you said crystallized because, I mean, you know, in science you'll have, you know, like a speck of dust in a beaker of whatever, and that little speck of dust, everything crystallizes around it, like that little seed mm -hmm. of hope I was talking about. When you heard that song, did you feel like it was a message yeah, and it's going to sound like kind of silly or whatever, but I kind of felt like it was like a message from the cosmos almost like, like, oh, Jesse, this is like the one clue you were looking for or needed to find or something like that. Right. And at that point, and you know, and it is important to note, too, that in your mind, you know, even like your rational mind was like, you know what, I actually wonder if it wasn't for the influence of her dad that she might be willing to like try to work things out. Because, uh -huh. you know, you, you saw the reality of, you know what, like, there's a good chance her dad was like, oh, no, you know what, I think you need to throw in the towel on this one. Like, you, neither you or I don't know, but your rational mind knew, like, hmm, you know, if her dad wasn't around whispering in her ear, we actually might have a chance. But then that, that like, when that moment, when the kind of, I mean, is it accurate to say that a, a switch flipped from, like, living in kind of hopeful reality or kind of like back burner daydreams to your hopes, like in your, in your head were reality. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what happened? That's very much what happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, like I didn't know that her dad was like trying to get her to throw in a towel at all. So I don't want to say that that is for sure. But you but, like on an emotional level, you suspect you kind I of like, I kind of intuited it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so from my perspective, what happened, like, you know, I knew you were having a rough time. You know, you moved out of the house. I know that you were hopeful. Um, and I, you know, and I'll, you know, and I didn't appreciate maybe 
how done she was. Like I was, I didn't talk, I wasn't super talking to her all the time, but do you know what I mean? So like, I wasn't there to be like, no, no way, dude. It, I mean, come on, man, it's over. You know, you'd be like, wow, I don't know, man. I think, you know, maybe I might have a chance. I'm like, I don't know. I, I hope so. I, I, you know what I mean? Like I didn't have any evidence to the con that it, that you did have a chance, but I also didn't have any evidence to the contrary. Do you know what I'm saying? So from my perspective, what happened, you know, you're having a rough time. We talked a lot on the phone and texted a lot around that time. Um, and, you know, I was calling dad a lot because he, not a lot, lot. I think I probably talked to you a lot more than I talked to dad, but um, I mean, I would talk to him, but you know, you and I would mm -hmm. have like more conversations and I would just kind of check in with dad. And, and then, you know, so is that kind of like, you know, so from my perspective, you're having a rough time, but still have a little bit of hope, but, you know, seemed all perfectly normal. And then you texted me something like, yeah, dude, I actually think like things are going to work out because we're supposed to meet at the lawyers to sign something. Do you know right. what I'm talking about? I don't, can you tell me about uh -huh. that? And then I was like, oh, okay. And you know, that was just kind of like, hmm, maybe. And then like, the day it actually happened and, and you got taken to the hospital, you're like, dude, that we're having a lawyer's meeting later and, uh, uh -huh. you know, everything's going to be okay. And I think Carrie and I are going to get back together. And I was like, Oh dude, that's awesome. But then, so what, first of all, what is that lawyer? What was that lawyer thing? There was like this event that was going to like show that like, no, uh -huh. dude, not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like we're getting back together. What was that? Do you remember? Or am I, am I misremembering? No, I, I kind of remember that. Like, so I did have an actual meeting with my attorney that day. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing that that's what I was telling you about. Because I remember when I showed up for the meeting, I was expecting her to be in there. Yeah. So like, just in my head, it had become something like, she was going to meet me there to sign these papers. Like, I don't know what the papers would have been. Some kind of like cancellation of the divorce. Right. I really thought she was going to be there. And so that's right. probably what I was telling you about. Um, right. Yeah, but that day, dude, just, I, there was like really no talking me out of it. Although it's funny because I did, um, I did have the idea even throughout like this, the last week of it, that if like she had point blank told me like, no, this is not happening, I would like snap yeah. myself back into reality. Yeah. And that's not to blame her, but like even I guess my point is saying that like even in that state of mind, I had the presence of mind to like realize that like if someone slapped me in the face about this, you know, not literally, but metaphorically, that I would like snap out of it. Right. So part of you was like, look, if she doesn't want to get back together like I think she does, she would just say it, but she's not saying it. So exactly. Like the absence of evidence was your evidence. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas when I looked at it afterwards, it's like, well, no, the absence of evidence of her wanting to reconcile was like going ahead with the divorce. Right. Well, and that day was, you know, because there was like, you know, I just thought you were super happy and mm -hmm. like it, nothing really seemed to admit. I mean, you know, I didn't really know what to think, but like, I obviously didn't think you were like have, you know, having a break with reality. Um, but then you said something like, oh, yeah, dude, later today, blah, blah, blah. And I called you and I was like, are you serious? Are you, you I, wait, dude, are you kidding me? Are you just like hoping or what? And then you just 
I said something and you were like, you're like, dude, wait, you'll see. You'll be like, you were like, it's all everything. And you talked about like some lottery, some bingo tickets and just like, no, dude, like everything has been pointing this direction. And I was like, are you okay, dude? And then I said something and you started just like laughing kind of maniacally, which usually, I mean, we laugh a lot, but you were just like, could not stop laughing. And I was like, um, okay. And that was, that's what made me think, you know, I'm going to text Carrie real quick. And I was like, Hey, Carrie, um, are you and Jesse getting back together? Because if so, that's awesome. But, and then she texted me back something like, no, we're not. And he's driving over here and my dad just called the police or something like that. So can you kind of recreate the timeline of that day? Because I, like a lot of things happen and a lot of things happen quickly, like to the best of your memory. Can you kind of recreate that day? Yeah. So even after I left the attorney's meeting earlier that day and she wasn't there, I was... And did the attorney... So you showed up to the attorney's meeting and you're like, where's, where's Carrie? No, I didn't say that. But I do I I don't remember exactly what I said, but I do remember saying something like um asking her like how her being this, a lawyer. Yeah, her being yeah. a lawyer, asking her like what we need to do to get it canceled. And I remember her asking me something like if I was okay, but I didn't like go off on this whole like conspiracy theory with her. Right. So yeah, I left there and I I went back to work, took off the rest of the day. And um, started driving out to Mesa because, like, it was weird, but I felt like everything that I got past was more proof that it was going to happen. So even though she wasn't there and you signed the cancellation papers still in your head, you were well, like, okay, I'm going to go to, or what? Yeah, yeah, even though she wasn't there, and I don't even remember what the meeting was for. Like, it wasn't anything final. It was just like a routine thing. Okay. Even though she wasn't there, I was like, okay, this is all just part of the test. Uh, and like, you know, I know it doesn't make any sense, but that's what I was thinking. And so I, after I left the office, um, I headed out to Mesa and, and had I, you planned I, to take the day off or did you just tell the people at work like, Hey, I'm going to go. Do you remember? I think I just told them, Hey, I'm going to go. Okay. And they're like, okay, sure. And did anybody besides, besides the lawyer being like, are you okay? Did anybody like notice what was going on? Not that they said. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. That, so you, mm -hmm. you take the day off, you're driving to Mesa. Did you, were you texting her? Were you talking to her? No, I was just texting her. There was this bar that we had our last anniversary celebration mm -hmm. at. And I was like, Hey, meet me here tonight. And I told her the time and there was no response. And, but again, you know, still I thought like everything was going according to plan. Right. And a little while later, I was like, hey, meet me at this bar. And dude, this is like really dark, but mm -hmm. I was like, hey, meet me at this bar or I'm going to kill myself. Okay. And I didn't mean it literally, but I just was sending that as some kind of like code or something. I, I don't really know how to describe it. Yeah. And I went to the bar and it was weird. Like I pulled in the parking spot and at this point things had progressed even worse. And I like remember, how? well, just being like even more intense than before. Okay. And I remember pulling in the parking spot 
and looking at the clock, and I think I told her to meet me there at like eight. Mm-hmm. At seven forty nine, I said to myself, like, oh, the cops are gonna be here any second. Or seven fifty nine, sorry. And then at the exact second it turned eight, I was like, Yep, they're gonna be here. And then they were like pounding on my car window. What made you think the cops were coming? Like, cause, because that's like a that's like a glimpse of reality where you're like where she, you know, you said, Hey, be here by eight or I'm gonna kill myself and then like you know what I mean? Like that's like yeah, a moment uh-huh. of clarity kind of, right? No, it was. And again, even at this point, I was still thinking like I could snap myself out of it. I think why I thought, I don't really know why I thought the cops would be there. I don't know if I was just thinking that this was one more obstacle that I had to pass, kind of like that she might think she has to call the cops, but it's just going to be like a farce. Right. And when you say thinking you could snap yourself out of it, like did part of you know, like, wait, this is, mm-hmm. do, do you know what I mean? Like it, I'm just trying to wrap my head around like how on the one hand you were kind of like your hopes had, you know, had become your reality, like wrongly. But on the other hand, you're like, maybe I can snap, my, snap myself out of this. Yeah, it, it was weird because I definitely had moments of clarity where I thought to myself, like, maybe this isn't really happening. And if I'm told it's not, like, point blank, then I'll admit that to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the cops came, and they just, like, you know, they just made me get out of the car and asked me if I had any intentions of hurting myself or anyone, and I said no, because I didn't. Like, I never was right. going to hurt myself. It was just, like, a front. Okay, okay. And um, they let me go. And did you, but also like what was scary about this is, did you have a nine millimeter in the car? Did you have a gun in the car? I, it was dad's I, and I forgot about it until then, but it was in the okay. trunk and I told them okay. it was in the trunk. I was like, look, you know, I didn't realize I had this, but now that you're asking if there's a weapon, my dad's gun is in the trunk. So they took it and confiscated it. Oh, did they? Why? Probably just because of like that I made the threat, even though like they thought it wasn't active anymore. They probably, for legal reasons, they probably felt like they couldn't like leave it with me. Okay. Right. Just but they let like, you go. I guess. Yeah. No, it's just, it's kind of weird. Like if you believe, an, do you know what I mean? But I, it's probably some legalistic thing that I don't, I'm just surprised they would like not, Hey buddy, like, come on, we, we need yeah. to take you into like a, the hospital. Like part of me thinks like, God, I, I kind of wish they would have been like, Hey man, you know, you're not doing so good. Can we just take you to the hospital and get you some help? Like, you know, not, uh huh. you know, I, I don't know. That's all. So no, for sure. And what else is weird about them was that there was an open bottle of vodka in the car. Okay. That I'd been sipping. Okay. And they saw that and they're just like, oh, well, I don't remember even what they said, but they let me go. Weird. I mean, especially with an open bottle of vodka, did they breathalyze you or do a sobriety test or anything? Yeah. And I passed because I think I said like I took one sip from it or something. So, but still when they open a bottle and it was like a fifth, it wasn't like a mini shot or something. Wow. Like that almost seems negligent to me in a way. It's weird. Oh, he has a gun and an open bottle of vodka. (laughs) We'll just take the gun. All right, sir. Have a good. So yeah. Like, so what did happen? They, they took the gun, you passed the sobriety test, anything else? No, they they let me go. And so when this happened, because they let me go, I was even more convinced that the plan was working. Because uh, I was like, oh, you know, I got past the cops. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you no, don't know what I mean. It's weird. But... No, but, 
no, but it does make a kind yeah. of sense. Like, okay, yeah. Uh, see, they they let me go. Like normally they would have, you know, I mean, I, I was like, yeah, I have an open bottle of vodka and a nine millimeter. Right. Like, oh, okay. Well, we'll just have take a good the night. Nine millimeter. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good night. All right. So then what happened? Because I, th did you drive to Carrie's parents' house or what happened after the cops said, okay, have a good after, night? After they let me go, I drove to Carrie's apartment. All right. Which wasn't too far. And I got in. And I was really disoriented by this point. Okay. Was there a gate or anything you had to get through? I mean, was it a gate? I mean, you know, I was curious. Like it was gated, but like I just waited till a car went through and drove pat drove with them. Gotcha. Um and it took me a really long time to find her apartment. Is I think I had cased it out like a few days before. Okay. But I couldn't like remember where it was in the complex. Like, it was a big complex, number one, but I was also just out of my mind, literally. And were you feeling, like, hot? You So you were feeling disoriented. Like, how else were you feeling physically or mentally? Super racing thoughts about everything, and it was really hot and humid. It was, like, the beginning of the monsoon season, or actually the middle end. Oh, that's right, so it was August. Late, late August, late August? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was super hot, super humid, and... um. I just felt hotter and hotter and I took my clothes off because I felt like I was literally burning up. So you parked for, so you finally found her apartment like after mm -hmm. like driving around. How long did you drive around the complex for till you found it? No, I didn't drive around the complex. I just parked as soon as I could and started walking okay. on foot. Oh, okay. And then when did you take, so you parked as soon as you could mm -hmm. and then did you take your clothes off in the car? No, a little while later, oh. but, but. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. But first, I, I found what I thought was her door. Yeah. And um, later, though, I don't think it was. And I was banging on it really hard. And she wasn't coming out. And then there was some elderly guy who I think. What were you saying? Like, were you like, hey, Carrie, Carrie? I don't or, think or I was what? saying anything. I was just like knocking on it. And your clothes are still on? At this point, yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead. And then there was this elderly guy who walks up the stairs. And just kind of nonchalantly says, like, oh, hi, how you doing? And I'm like, okay. And, like, I don't know if he was scared or what, but he was just, again, just kind of passing it off real cool and collecting. Okay. Like. Okay. And so I, I think after that I was wandering around more. And then I don't know if I told you this, but I started to have, like, um, audio hallucinations of Carrie and the cop talking. Oh, no, you never told me that. Yeah. And I remember, like, her voice was, like, really, really upset and sad, and there was, like, a police officer talking to her, okay. saying, like, we're going to have to take him somewhere or do something with him. And she was kind of, like, sobbing a little bit, like, okay, I understand. Yeah. And it was after that that I took my clothes off because I was just really hot. I tried to get into the pool, but the door, the gate was locked. Um, and then, so then you're still wandering around the apartment complex, kind of hearing, thinking you're hearing Carrie and the cops mm -hmm. try to get in the pool, couldn't, and and then what? Then I'm, they're, I'm asking random people walking around for if they could have, if I could have some water. And you're nude. I'm, I'm totally nude. Okay. Uh, How did, what did they say? What, what, what happened? Like, do you remember? Just kind of like, most of them were just like, sorry, no. Then then there was one guy who was like, 
yeah, I can get you some water. Come with me. And I followed him. But then I thought somehow that he was going to, like, turn me in. Okay. So, like, I backtracked and went another way. Okay. And, and eventually I ended up in these people's apartment. Their door was open for some reason. Okay. So you just walked in? <laughs> just walked in buck naked, yeah. And were they there? Were they inside? They were there, yeah. It was like these like college people. What did they say or what did they do? I mean, I'm sure the first people who saw you naked called the cops. Yeah, I'm sure. So what did they say? You just kind of walk in and, and what? What happened? I didn't I know like, that part. I was like, I need water. I need water. I'm I'm dying or something like that. Okay. And what happened? What did they say? They just were like, you got to leave. All and right. they weren't, I remember like they weren't screaming or anything. They were just like really like weirded out and were like, you got to leave. All right. And I left and that's when the, I saw the cops. And the cops came up to you, obviously. Yeah. So what happened then? So you're naked. You just left mm -hmm. some stranger's apartment. Like, can you just kind of walk through what happened as best as you remember it? So when the cops came, I told them that I was like dehydrated and dying of thirst or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, well, we'll get you an ambulance or we'll get you help or something like that. And there was a, then like a um, fire truck came or paramedic truck. Okay. And they took me to the ER. Did the cops put you in handcuffs? No. Did they ask about your clothes? Like, did they do an assessment or well, do you not remember? I got them back later. So like they must have found them. One of them, and one of the cops actually went to the hospital, to the ER, because he gave me, like, a, um, it's called, like, a long-form citation. It's just, like, showing that you committed an offense and that you have to, like, make an appearance in court. Okay. But, I mean, I got to say, I, from what you're telling me, it sounds like the cops and the fire department was really humane. Like, yeah, you know, because what scared me about this whole thing, because I think Carrie said, like, yeah... The cops are coming. Jesse was banging on our door. Did you ever bang on Carrie's door or don't you know? I didn't think I ever made it to her door, but I don't know. What did okay. she say? She, I don't. She just said it's really scary. The cops are coming. They just took like because I was getting this like, you know, in snippets. And I think she said that the cops took were either coming or that they had taken you away so it sounds like the cops and the the fire department, they were really humane and nice to you. Is that? Mm -hmm. Okay. They were very nice, yeah. And they didn't put you in handcuffs? No. I'm surprised. They just put you on a bed. Probably. Like, hey, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Probably cause it, like, because I told them I was like dehydrated. They turned it into like a medical thing. Okay. And obviously because I wasn't right in the head. And he gave me a citation. I mean, it's like... They could have put me in cuffs and taken me to jail or gotten me to a hospital, and they probably thought the hospital was more important. Dude, I mean, that's great because, I mean, one of the scariest parts of me for that evening was knowing that, like, something wasn't right. And I think in one of the texts, Carrie said, like, yeah, I think he has a gun in the car. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what if he either shoots himself or, you know, not in his right mind, shows the cops the gun? Like, it's mm -hmm. those situations that can just get really ugly and really like, like really just scary really quick because, yeah. you know, yeah, man, that was, that was the, that was the scariest part because it's like, what if they shoot you? What if, what if you're, you know, 
what if you are waving the gun around and, you know, even with no intention to harm somebody, but you're not right. I mean, just knowing you weren't right in the head, knowing there was a gun in the car, knowing that, you know, and again, like, you know, a lot of this I'm hearing like for the exact, for the first time, but, you know, I knew you showed up at her apartment complex and I knew you somehow got taken to the hospital and you weren't wearing any clothes and you were banging on doors. And now it was just, dude, like so scary because like shit can go wrong real fast, man. When you have somebody who's just, you know, yeah, that was the super scariest part because that's how people get shot, man. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were going to the hospital and you're in the back of a, I mean, is there anything else about that, that particular part? Cause I'm just curious, like you're in the back of the, you know, once they're like, okay. And I mean, it's great that they, you know, and you know, kudos for their humanity and for their experience to be like, oh, he's saying he has a medical problem. We're just gonna, we're just gonna go with that and get this guy calm and sedated uh, and, uh -huh. you know, like God bless him. But once you're in the ambulance, did you like, what, what were you thinking? It's funny when I was in the ambulance, I actually thought I was dying. Wow. Because I heard like the ambulance driver say something like, okay, we're going to take him to gateway. And somehow I thought like gateway meant like heaven. Like the crossroads <laughs> and the phone. Uh -huh. <laughs> take him to the crossroads and you won't be lonely. We're going to miss the yeah. Buddy. yeah. Okay. I know it's nuts, but I thought they were, I thought I was going to heaven. Um, wow. But you know, I obviously got to the hospital. That cop was there, and he was filling out the citation. Um, the citation was just for public nudity, basically. It was for, um, in, yeah, indecent exposure. Okay. And I think trespassing. Can I ask an in? Can I ask? Okay. Can I ask <laughs> an inopportune question? Go for Did, it. When you were naked, were you um, aroused? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Because no. if so, dude, you probably would have gotten some kind of metal, like with the Chris jeans. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> so you, so you're in the, you're in the back, and I'm not trying to make light of it. I was just like curious, like I'm just trying to paint the picture in my head. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so you're in the car, you're in the ambulance. They talk about gateway, and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm dying!" So like, mm -hmm. just like. From the ambulance, tell me what happened. Yeah, I thought I was dying, but I felt really peaceful about it. Hmm. Like it was weird. Like I was like, "Yeah, I'm dying," but you know, <laughs> I did my best. Wow. Did they? Yeah. Do you think they'd given you a sedative? Because I would imagine that makes sense in those situations. I don't think they did. I don't remember. Okay. But no, when I got to the hospital, like to the ER, they did. Okay. Yeah. So you're in, and then so. Then what happens? So you, you show up, so you're in the back of the ambulance, they wheel you into the ER, and then what? Like I said, I'm in one of the little rooms, and the cop is there. He gives me the thing, the, the ticket, and leaves. And, um, you know, I'm very polite to him, and he's very polite back. And then the next thing I remember is just waking up the next morning in the hospital. Okay. okay. What were you thinking? When I woke up? Yeah, you're like, well, why am I here? Or did you remember no, all I, the night before? I remember the night before. But again, I thought that 
and it's going to sound nuts, but I thought that like getting past like that part of it was more, more fueled my like delusion. So you still think, I mean, and this makes sense because we had some conversations while you're in the hospital. So you Mm -hmm. wake up and you're like, okay, I'm a little bit closer to getting back together with Carrie. Yeah. Wow. And like, what did they say? Like when the doctor came and saw you, did they, like, what did they say? I don't remember. Honestly, I think it was probably just something like, we're just wanting to feel better. Okay. Um, but I was still like having auditory hallucinations by then a little bit of what visitors like in like the area outside the curtain or like the room or whatever. I think I was in a room by then visitors, like people I actually knew waiting to come see me, like, um, that Tabitha chick, the kids, stuff like that. Right. And did they tell you ever like, like did did a psychologist talk to you and like hey you know what you had a little break with reality and we're just like when did I guess when did you understand was there a moment or did you keep up with the fantasy the whole time you were in the hospital and did anybody try to tell you anything like yeah I was in the ho- like the medical hospital just overnight okay and I don't remember anybody telling me what happened then yeah. But then that morning, a doctor or a nurse or somebody came in and we're like, hey, there's this hospital right next door. It's like an um, inpatient thing, a psychiatric mm-hmm. center, and they will probably be able to help you. Do you want to go? And they're like, you know, we can't make you go, but do you want to go? We think it would be good for you. And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. Partly, and it was weird when I said, yeah, sure, it was partly because I thought, so, like, the irrational part of my mind was thinking it was just another obstacle. Right. But then the rational part that had been having, like, moments of clarity thought, like, well, shit, what if, like, this is really bad? You know, because I, I did want to get better. Like, whether me or Carrie got back together, I didn't want to, like, stay like that. Right. So I agreed to it, and they yeah. transferred me over there. And then what was that place like? It was super cool. Um it was like they would bring you medicine. It took them a while to figure out what medicine I needed. Um, there was like a lounge area with TV and stuff, games. Just kind of like a, I thought of it at the time, kind of like a little like mini resort or hotel. Like, cause it wasn't, it didn't have any like the negative things you would like right. get from a stereotype of a mental hospital. Right. And how long were you there? I think a week or almost a week. Yeah, I think so. And w- did anybody, like, was there a point when you're like, I mean, one, I you know, I didn't know about the, there was a, a, a part of you that's like a little kernel in the back of your mind, like, hey, dude, maybe you do need to get better. But because I know that when I talk to you on the phone, I'd be like, hey, Jesse, how are you? And, you know, you sounded pretty out of it. You're like, oh, I'm okay. And then I'd be like, so, dude, how are they treating you? You're like, I'm okay. And then you'd be like, hey, hey, Josh. And I'd be like, what? Like, okay, hey, can you get a message? Can you, have you heard from Carrie? And it was like kind of chilling because I just, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I thought, okay, he's like a little spaced out. But then you would kind of like, 
switch back into this like conspiratorial, like, okay, hey, no, uh, I, I know that her dad doesn't want any messages from me. So can you text her and tell her that, you know, every, like everything's going according to plan, like things, things along those lines. Mm -hmm. Was there like, did I guess, when did you understand that you had had a break with reality? I think at the end of my stay, um, cause I think they had a pretty good idea at that point that I actually had bipolar too. Okay. And so they found like the right mood, st mood stabilizing medicine to give me. And right. I was starting to realize it at then at their, around that time. And what is, I mean, when, when did they tell you or like, Hey, you know what? We think we figured out what's going on. You have bipolar too. Is that, is that how it went down? I think so. Yeah. Um, they explained, you know, what that condition was and said that like a lot of the symptoms I had were like that. Cause like, you know, like uh, I had, I went in and talked to the doctor there, the psychiatrist for a while yeah. and gave him like a pretty lengthy interview of like what had been going on. Okay. So he was able to diagnose it from that, I think. And when you gave him that interview, did you tell him, like, was it from the, hey, my wife really wants to get back together, or was it very factual? Like, so I thought, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I do. Were you, were you, were you t talking from the reality we all share, or were you talking from your, what you thought was reality at the time? The first time I went in and talked to him, it was from my reality. But okay. then, like, after I had been there a few more days and been on the medicine they gave me, it was from, like, the reality. Gotcha. But even, okay. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, oh, go ahead. even then, though, it was weird. It was almost like the opposite. Um, I was mostly clear, but would still have some moments of delusion. And probably when I talked to you, especially if it was, like, toward the end, it, that's probably what was going on. Yeah. So, like, it had kind of we flipped. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of passing from day to night. Like it's not, because I was actually curious, like, okay, at what point did the switch flip back? Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like that, was it? It was more like no. going from like night to like gradually. It does. It's not just like, you know, high noon, all of a sudden, like you get this kind of weird time where it's like still pretty much night, but you can see the light kind of mm -hmm. brightening the sky. Mm -hmm. So it was more like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. And so what is bipolar 2? Because, I mean, I don't, I, I, I vaguely know. I mean, I could t tell you, I think. But, mm -hmm. like, just for the listeners and for my edification, like, can you tell me what bipolar 2 is? Bipolar 2 is um, a condition which affects the brain. And there are, like, a lack of certain chemicals, um, I think dopamine in your brain, which... So bipolar one is when people are mostly depressed. Okay. Bipolar two where is where you're depressed sometimes but have manic episodes. Yeah. So it's it's a chemical condition of the brain that causes you to have episodes when you're either really depressed or really manic. And you would obviously had a like a very manic very manic. And I guess if it gets manic enough, then there's the break. Yeah. Or what? I don't I don't I, know. I guess, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, and you know, like, I know we've talked about this before, but what was weird to me is I guess I had always thought like, okay, let me, let me ask it. Let me say it a different way. 
were you surprised when you, I mean, obviously because the break, you weren't that surprised, but like, mm -hmm. I had never thought of you as a bipolar person before, like looking back on your life, did it make sense? It's funny looking back, I feel like I had more depressive episodes than manic. Okay. But it's funny cause like earlier in the year, right around the beginning of the year, um, we had gone in to see Marsha. Mm -hmm. the therapist. The, a, a uh -huh. therapist that like I had used right. and recommended to, recommended you, to yeah, me, yeah. you and your wife. Yeah. And she actually brought up the possibility of it based on what really? was going on. Yeah. She's like, well, Jesse, you know, I think it was because of the shopping or not shopping, but like racking up the credit card. Oh, like impulsively just being that's, like, okay, go ahead. That's another symptom, just impulsive behavior. And she's yeah. like, have you ever thought maybe you had bipolar? And I was like, I don't right. know, maybe. Right. And I was kind of open to the idea, but, you know. So looking back on, and and there's something about that that, that I'll loop back. I mean, I'll, there, you know, because I know that when I was a little bit worried or when I would like talk to you, like while you were living here, you know, and we got along swimmingly and there wasn't like, you know, there's just sometimes where it's just like, dude, you know, the actions have consequences, right? And mm. be like, ah, oh, it's okay. It's okay. And I honestly, I just thought it was just, you know, I don't know. I just thought it was like not thinking through things. But when you said that, it occurred to me that like, oh, so those times where I was like, dude, like, why would you do that? You know, it's not going to end well. You're like, no, 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 no. Like, you just seem to have no sense of, oh, I shouldn't do this because this will happen. Like, oh, I shouldn't whatever because this will happen. Is that kind of how you saw it? I mean, or is that kind of like how it manifested, you think, just when you'd be like, dude, don't worry, man. You're such a worrier. And I was like, uh, okay. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, are you saying that that could have been impulsive? Like, yeah. You well, were, yeah. What I saw is kind of like, uh, just like not, like kind of like, I don't want to say, like kind of irresponsible. You know, there was just some things where I was like, dude, like, why are you doing it like this? You know, you're, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, that's not the way you just, I would just get worried about times when you seem to like think there was never going to be on, a, on a, any consequences for anything. Yeah. So looking, so besides, so Marcia said it and when she said it, what did you think? Were you like, okay, yeah, maybe that makes a little bit of sense. I was, yeah. And, you know, like I said, that's what was freaky to me about your break is I guess I had always wrongly thought that like if somebody has a mental illness, it kind of manifests like somewhat clearly throughout their lives. You know, like mm -hmm. we in the hoarding episode with dad, like his depression manifested itself pretty, you know, pretty continuously throughout his life in like his hoarding and, and his like heavy drinking so do you know what I'm saying? Like that, that was a yeah. freaky part to me was to find out all of a sudden you had this like major diagnosis at the age of what, 38 or something 38, like yeah. that. It's funny. I, what did, when I got the diagnosis, my doctor told me that, you know, most people who get it, get it at like 17 or 18. Okay. That it's not unheard of that. It does happen to some people. So I don't, maybe yeah. I had it back then and just, it never like got to that point. Right. So when you left the hospital, so you kind of were more on the side of like, okay, this is what's going on. And obviously mm -hmm. the, the chemicals that 
that kind of helped balance out your brain chemistry took you a long way towards like kind of understanding and accepting. Is that right? Like, yeah, I guess what I'm curious. So, so what was life like when you left the hospital? After I left the hospital, I went back to Aunt Julie's and um, it just gradually got better over the next few days. But again, I, it did go back to having like moments of delusion again, like thinking like, oh, you know, getting out of the mental hospital is another thing you passed. But those were like not as like often as before. Yeah, because I don't, I, I think you'd been out just a couple of days when I came and I spent four, three, four, five days with you and we would be having these talks and like, you know, you were totally making sense and you were like talking to me, how you were talking, you know, you're like, yeah, I felt like this, but I know it didn't, doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But th there was still a little bit of like a vestige, like you weren't saying like, oh no, me and Carrie are going to get back together. But I think you had a custody hearing coming up right. and you're like, oh, don't you think the judge is going to, you know, realize that like maybe I should get custody because of like all these things I've gone through and I'm a stronger person. And I was like, dude, like maybe that's true, but on paper you just got arrested. You know, you just had a psychotic break. I don't think, mm. you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm trying to kind of tell you that without like being super harsh or wanting to make you feel bad, but like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if she's going to see your recent arrests and think, oh, he's been through a lot. He's, he should get the kids. So all I'm, all I'm saying is there was a vestige of that kind of like definitely hopefulness. Mm -hmm. So look like like looking back, what kind of impact has that had on your life, and how has that just kind of changed your thinking about things? Like when did was there a moment when the light switch did flip back again, and you're like, oh my god, I had a break. Like were you? How do you feel about this whole thing, man? Mm -hmm. I think around the time of our custody hearing is when it finally flipped, like, you know, 100%. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, how do I feel about it? In what way? Like, and well, first of all, when you said it flipped at the custody hearing, is, is that because the custody hearing didn't go as good as you expected it? Or was it just because the chemicals had had enough time and you'd had enough? No. It, more because the custody hearing was like the final straw, you know? And I think... How do you mean? Well, I mean like... Final straw in what? Final straw in like thinking that my plan had worked. Oh, okay. Yeah, kind of like the last like cold slap of reality. Right, because the custody hearing did not go very well for you. Well, no, and I didn't know about it that day, but like it took like okay. a few weeks or something... But I just knew, like, at this point it was over and I just had to move on. Um, right. And as far as how I think about it, I don't know. It was it was weird. It was scary. Yeah, was there ever, like, a moment? Like, when you say it was it was scary when it happened, obviously, because, mm -hmm. like, you're hearing voices, you're not feeling well. Like, was there ever a moment where you're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Like, I could have died that night. Or did you not really think like that? Were you just like, oh, my God, it, it's over. Thank God. More like it's over, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I wish it didn't happen, but it's not something that I think too much about. It's obviously part of me, but um, I don't 
feel bad about myself for it. You know, it was like, oh, you shouldn't. Yeah, no, it was something wrong with my brain. I didn't know about it. Since then, I do know about it. And, right. you know, I'm on medicine and don't really worry about it. Yeah, no, and you're leading a healthy, productive life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's, you know, I don't want to say cool, but I mean, dude, like you've really, you know, like the custody hearing didn't go very well for you. And you had to, you really had to fight to get shared custody of your kids. And I don't think anybody, you know, especially your wife, I think you really surprised the hell out of your wife and her wife's family where once mm -hmm. you got your head on straight, thanks to this medicine and just, you know, thanks to just having some time to, to get your bearings. Like, dude, you were kind of like a legal killer where you're like, no, 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 this isn't happening. No, yeah. we're, I mean, I mean, yeah. It dude, took, are you proud of yourself, time. man? Oh yeah. Cause you, you, very, know, you, very you much fucking so. rocked it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you had like more fortitude and willpower and just gumption than mm -hmm. I don't know if even th you thought you had. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, I, I kind of surprised myself in that way a little bit. You know, like I knew I was in it for the long haul, but yeah, like you said. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's kind of funny too, ironic, but um, her dad is actually the one who's the friendliest to me now. Despite really? all my paranoia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you ever think about like how life, like do you ever, I guess, do you have any regrets? Do you, do you ever think like, oh, I wish I would have found out about this sooner because my life would have been different? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. I can look back and think that, you know, I can think like it's my fault for not taking Marsha's thing seriously. Um, but again, I don't beat myself up about it, you know? Yeah. No, that's good. I, it would Ideally, it would have happened differently for sure, but as dealt what I was dealt when I was dealt it. Yeah. And, you know, if the, peop you know the people at your law, you know, because I kept in close touch with the people at your law firm, like while you were in the mm -hmm. hospital and the secretary i forget her name because you know i was obviously very worried and upset mm -hmm. and stuff and just like hey this is going on like i don't know how this is going to affect the you know the 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 divorce and all that stuff and um i mean i knew you guys i just was like god like already he was like things were tough and then you know having a psychotic break and getting arrested you know, or going to the psychiatric ward like i didn't think that would help you with like any kind of custody stuff and i was just like man and the 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 secretary at the law office was so like she just said something like kind of amazing like kind of it sounds so simple but she's like you know what like sometimes life handles hands you more than you can handle and like in in our society we we try to always say like you know, God never gives you more than you can carry or like, you know, adversity makes you better and all this stuff. And just her acknowledgement that, you know what, sometimes life gives you more than you can handle, period. And life will break you sometimes temporarily. I was like, my God, like what a, what a simple, but like profound insight, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, as time went on and I would tell people about it, it did make me feel better when kind of that's what everybody said. Like, 
yeah, based on everything you told me, I'm not surprised this happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any questions for me? So when you came out here that weekend after that I got out, what was your mm -hmm. take on how I was doing? I know you said, like, I was still hanging out a little bit, but overall, like, did you feel okay about it? Yeah. Overall, I felt okay. I, you know, there was, st and especially about, like, how the judge would rule in the custody case, like, you still didn't quite, like there was still there was still a little bit of those shadows of yeah. like the hope being the reality, um, you know and that was kind of freaky. But like I remember one night we were out in front of Aunt Julie's place, and I think I'd asked you a hypothetical like, well, if the judge does this, and then you kind of were going, you, you were like, you know what, like I don't want to go down hypotheticals because then I'll start thinking, well, maybe if this happens, that that what I want to happen will happen, and. You're like, dude, I, I don't want to go down that road because then I'm just going to start like thinking that stuff again. And that was actually I remember super that, yeah. great. Do you remember, do you remember I, what we were talking about? Just diff like different hypotheticals about the way the judge would come down on the custody case. Yeah. I, I don't remember exactly, but I do remember now that you bring it up telling you that. And that was kind of awesome to hear because yeah. just, just that you had enough self-awareness to be like, Dude, I don't want to go down these hypotheticals because mm -hmm. then I'll start thinking, well, maybe if this happens and what I want to have, what? and you're like, and I don't want to get into those thoughts again, which I just thought was like incredibly self-aware of like, no, man, I, I can't even go down that road because that road is not good for me. Yeah. And I remember there was something you said during that visit too, which actually helped me. You were like, well, why would you want to, and it was simple, but it made so much sense. You were like, why would you want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you? Uh, okay. And that, I don't know, that clicked for some reason. Really? Was I a little bit like, yeah, wait, why am I caring? Why am I? For her why too? do I want this? Yeah, exactly. And I think we talked a little bit about, um, you know, like, dude, like, does she make you happy? Like, do you feel like mm -hmm. she lets you be your best you? And, you know, and I, and I was, I was, you know, I, I was, I was kind of walking this weird line of like, dude, I'm not going to like excuse I'm not going to like excuse the things you did that you shouldn't have done, but also because in my mind, like, you know, she wasn't faultless. Like mm -hmm. you paid for her graduate school and worked. And then you're like, Oh, I think I want to go to graduate school. And she's like, well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and yeah. like I kept telling you guys, like, don't move back home. Like, you know, just, and you, oh, and I remember because I was like, oh, I'll be the babysitter. Like, you know, you can go work more. And you know what I mean? Like, basically, uh -huh. there was things where I tried to help with the things that she had a problem with, but she wouldn't accept my help. Um, and then so I was like, dude, you know what I mean? I was like, dude, like, it doesn't seem like she's always had your best interests at heart, honestly. Right. So, so you know, I have a kind of a weird hypothetical question, if that's okay. Sure. Do you think if you had gotten diagnosed earlier that you would have married your wife? Ooh, that's kind of a loaded question, huh? Well, basically, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, how... I think intellectually, I'm not really sure how I would have because I think I would have been more, like, assertive 
Okay. Um, and not sort of put up with things that made me unhappy. Yeah. You know, but obviously, like, you know, if I didn't, then I wouldn't have my kids. So it's like, it would be a double-edged sword. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just don't know what the, what the use is in that. Yeah. And, and I'm not right. offended. I, I'm just, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. See, and I guess it's just one of those things where I think about like, wow, what if I found out, you know, next year that I have this condition, like, you know what I mean? I, mm -hmm. I didn't, it, because it's never happened to me. I just wonder like, wow, what would it be like to find out at 38 that I have this condition and it probably impacted my whole life? I mean, do you, how much and how do you think having bipolar two impacted your life? Do you ever think about that? Do you mean before the diagnosis or after? Before the diagnosis and after, but let's start with before and then we'll talk about after. I don't know. Um, like I said earlier, I think mainly I've had periods of depression before. So I'm not sure if that was something related to it. So if it was, then it would have impacted it like that. Like it was never that severe though. Like, so I don't even know if it was more than the average person gets. Um, right. And then obviously after the diagnosis, just living with it. And in a weird way, or not in a weird way, because I think it should be this way once you get the diagnosis, but I just feel more calm and at peace. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. I can, interesting. Yeah, because that's what the medicine does. Sort of like you still have your ups and downs, but it keeps your ups and downs from getting too extreme. Right. Kind of reins you in. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do know what you mean. Yeah. And, yeah. And it, are there any adverse side effects from what you can tell? Or is it like almost like if you didn't know, if you didn't actually pop the pill in your mouth every day, you wouldn't even know you were on it? More like that. Um, there's like some really rare side effect that can affect your blood, but they test me for that every year. And other than that, there's a metabolism side effect, like a negative one, but I mean, that's worth it, I guess. Do you have a problem getting boners? <laughs> <laughs> no. Not that kind okay. of metabolism. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, I mean, dude, it's fine if so. Any other questions for me? I don't think so. Um, I did just want to say that you coming out there was really fun when you were here that weekend. Do you remember how much fun yeah. we had? Remind me. I mean, I remember I, I remember our conversations just like hanging out joking on Angeli's porch. And that was joking just a lot. hanging out, joking like we used to. I think the last season of Breaking Bad was on and we were watching that, which was cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just good times. Is that because yeah we basically just kind of hung out and watched TV and did we go places didn't did we go like shopping and stuff during the day I'm trying to like, I don't really remember maybe okay. a little bit I don't think we went that much you, yeah you did I think take me to Carrie's apartment to pick up the car that was still there oh you're right yes yeah but other than that I don't remember like going anywhere no it was and I was happy I mean I was so grateful that I had a a flexible enough job where I could just be like. I think I said like, hey, my brother's had like a kind of a serious health crisis. I need to mm -hmm. take like four day, four days off or whatever. And I, you know, was able to just fly out there and hang out with you. And it was still, there was still those moments of kind of being like, oh man, like a little bit scared of that, like the shadows, like we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But um, 
but that one thing that you told me about like yeah i don't even want to go down that path that gave me like a tremendous amount of relief you know like okay so there's still kind of this thing the shadows are there mm -hmm. but you're like i don't want to go into the shadows like they're, yeah. they're there but yeah I, i'm gonna stay right here in the light man right for sure yeah and i think we slept in the same room too right okay, like yeah. that was kind of mm -hmm. fun it was like we were kid again kids again sleeping in the same room which was cool the fuck factory <laughs> yeah that's right there's like a little like in aunt julie's house like two inflatable mattresses on the floor and you're like oh, welcome to the fuck factory yeah are you afraid like do you ever worry about having a recurrence because this kind of like came out of the blue in a way but in another way it didn't come out of the blue mm -hmm. so like are you are you do you ever like worry about that like oh my god could this thing just happen to me again not really, but for the first year or two, I definitely did. It was always kind of like in my rearview mirror. Um, I think there was more time has gone on and it hasn't happened. That puts my mind at ease because a doctor told me like the longer that this doesn't happen is more chance that it won't happen. Right. Okay. Or like the absence of it makes it better almost like even like clinically speaking, not just psychologically, you know? Right. And um, so, yeah, for the first year or so, I it was probably my biggest fear, to be honest, that it would happen again. Really? Yeah. Okay. And it didn't. And just now, because I've been on that medicine for so long, almost seven years, you know, which obviously has been working really well. I'm not saying that the thought never enters my mind, but it's so rare. And when it does, it's not something like I freak out about. Right. Well, and also like you were under a, such a tremendous amount of stress, like the whole thing about life handing you more. Right. I mean, you know, you were under so moved uh, in the middle of a divorce, losing your job, having to move out of your house, custody with your kids, not looking good. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, totally. And since then there've been other really stressful things like dad's death. Um, right. A really intense situation with my son that, you know, and for some people definitely would have would have put him over the edge again. And because I was able to get through those, that gives me confidence, too, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. And do you do you like how do I put it? I mean, I would imagine you're very aware of like, wait, if I do like, do you kind of try, do you, I would imagine you have to be very active about being aware of the stressors in your life and mm -hmm. making sure that you don't get overwhelmed or overloaded again. For is, that, sure. is that right? For sure. Yeah. And it's funny because you love this, but one of the most important, but, but easiest things you can do is sleeping well. Yeah. So I really, really <laughs> put a large value on getting a good night's sleep, um, you know. It's true. Oh, that's right. Because even even though you think like it, the the kind of the the break started happening, be, you know, while you were still getting good night's sleep, it kind of also. But then you couldn't sleep, so then the break. It's almost like your mind had less defenses against the break. Right. right? And it's not that I couldn't sleep. I was just so obsessed with the idea that I was not right. letting myself get good sleep, just like three or four hours a night. And right. that again, just like clinically speaking, sleep is a good defense for it. I mean. You know, even if somebody who doesn't have this condition knows that they feel better when they wake up if they get a good night's sleep, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, I mean, I, I am a huge proponent of sleep being like the best, you know, 
mood it's like the best drug mm -hmm. the best mood enhancer oh, yeah the best way to keep yourself spiritually centered yeah. the you know it's excellent for your body like sleep is just like sleep is a miracle drug oh no doubt no doubt. seriously i've thought about writing a book called the art of sleep because <laughs> sleep is like the miracle drug that like so many people just take for granted they see it as like a chore like ah oh, i gotta go to sleep or because, right well then i won't be but it sleep's a miracle drug Dude, sleep is and, critical yeah so yeah no, I'm uh-huh go ahead no just being mindful no, of my sleep and um beyond that just being more open with my feelings about things and being able to talk to people again just something that everybody should be able to do but they don't but just in my yeah. situation, it's even more important. So I don't get like allow myself to get in these weird trains of thought. No, I, I know what you mean. And isn't it weird how like kind of sometimes it's um, we're almost lucky to have had these low points mm -hmm. because there's things that maybe other people don't think about or they take for granted right. or don't manage. They're, they're not mindful of like you almost have to have these low points to really take certain things that are just good for you seriously. Definitely. Where it's almost like every blessing is a curse and every curse is a blessing if as long as you like make it be. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. I wanted to ask you something, Josh. Sure. I know you told me that when you would talk to me at the hospital, you told me later that your biggest fear was that you wouldn't get your brother back because yeah. you thought I was too far gone. What did that yeah. feel like or look like? Like, what did that mean? Not getting me back? I mean, it's just, you know, well, first of all, like the night it happened, I worried about like something going wrong with the cops. Mm -hmm. um, and it's weird because, you know, you, you think, you know, most people think like, oh, I would hate it if he died in a car accident or I would hate it if he, you know, like, yeah, if like the cop shot you or, you know, I wasn't really thinking you would shoot yourself just because you've never really seemed, hopefully I'm right, like you've never really no, seemed yeah. suicidal, mm -hmm. right? No. Okay. Um, you know, whereas dad would kind of like, I think, flirted with the idea quite often yeah. as, as we've talked about in other episodes. Right. Um, but it's, so you think that losing somebody is going to be like, they die but it had never in my wildest dreams occurred to me that losing somebody meant they could have like a break with reality that they never came back from and it was mm -hmm. just like oh my god like you know and i would talk to you on the phone and i'd have a little bit of hope because you seem to be you know maybe a little spacey but but still like in our shared reality and then you would kind of go off on the on the the I, into your reality and it was like oh my god like what if he never comes back to our shared reality like and i think that's what was so great about that weekend we spent together yes is it like because you know i was like i might not be able to like like you know watch tv and just like smack talk and make jokes and you know give him a hard time about whatever like that rapport we have that's what i was worried uh, wouldn't come back okay so that that was another i think great thing about that weekend is just just kind of like back in the old days when we lived with dad just like watching tv shooting the shit you know smack shooting the shit yeah, yeah just just bsing and hanging out playing i think we played some video games and stuff so it was just like whew, 
Yeah. Because like I said, never in my wildest dreams, like, yeah, I worried about, you know, especially you living in Arizona, like dying in a car accident because there's a lot more fatal car accidents in Arizona than there is in San Francisco because people are going 80, 90 miles per hour. You know, there's a lot, probably a lot more fender benders here, but you know what I mean? Like, right. dude, there's a fatal car accident on the freeways almost every single day in Arizona. It feels like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just super paranoid because I've been in a couple car accidents. So I'm but, you know, like I said, never in my wild, it just never in my wildest dreams would it be like, yeah, like you're going to lose somebody in a sense of they're not ever going to be the person who you know and love again. Yeah. And that was really, really scary. I bet. All right, dude. Do you want to talk about anything else or should we wrap 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 this doggy up? I think we can wrap her up. All right. Well, dude, like thanks for sharing everything with me. I mean, I actually learned a lot about I mean, I found out some new things and it was actually really cool to just hear you talk about it and it makes me super happy that you know that you're better now in a in a weird sort of way or maybe not in a weird sort of way, but like you're a better, stronger person because of all this, like as sucky and scary and shitty as it was to have happen. Um, so thanks, dude. It was, I'm, I'm really happy we were able to talk like this. Yeah, I know. Me too. All right. Well, I love you, dude. Love you. Thanks, listeners, for listening to another episode of the Two Brothers, One Dad Dead podcast. We hope you'll join us again. Bye.